When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Bigfoot Collectors Club with Bryce and Michael. Episode with yeah, because it makes me feel good. You're becoming becoming the Kool Aid Man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Bryce just told us something we can't share. Another top secret project, fans. This guy is so full of mystery. Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's tragic. Yeah, but he does. The only thing he's told me is that he likes three. He liked three eleven when he was in high school, and then he gets mad that I keep bringing it up. That's that's all you need to know about me. Only thing. I know about him because he won't share more about his life with me. Uh, Welcome back to another episode of Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal histories and share stories of high strangeness. I'm your host, Michael McMillan. With me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. And I don't want to, I don't want to, we just got to get right into it today uh, because we've already been talking off mic for almost 24 minutes. You've already been talking. <laughs> today, <laughs> today's guest is a co-host of perhaps my all-time favorite podcast, oh. one of the men who inspired me to get my Disneyland annual pass, as well as discover the wonders of a magical place in Disney's California adventure known as the Carthay Circle Lounge. He's an actor. <laughs> writer and a UCB regular that has appeared in, on Conan and The Late Late Show with our friend Craig Ferguson, among many, many other things. You can listen to him every Friday on his podcast about theme parks, podcast The Ride. Children of the world, please welcome to the show, Mike Carlson. Hey, oh yeah, Mike. thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, doesn't I feel like Disney owes us a lot of money? hundred <laughs> percent. Good like, luck. <laughs> like even if we're, I know, good luck. But like, even if we curse and make fun of them, sometimes we're just like an ad for Disney. You are. Yeah. You are yeah. a walking at like. There's no big. I guess there is a big. There actually is a Bigfoot theme park that we follow. Yes. On, mm-hmm. on the. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
on the Instagram, uh, which, you know, uh, we don't promote, but Mm-mm. we should. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I didn't know because I'd never been to Knott's Berry Farm, except for Knott's Scary Farm, mm. that there's a Bigfoot at the Calico Rapids ride? Is there a Bigfoot yes. on the ride? It's new this year. There was a Rapids ride that didn't have any fun animatronics on it, and then they decided to redo some of it, and they threw a bunch of robots on it, including... Uh, the Bigfoot at the end, which is funny because the ride used to be called Bigfoot Rapids. Right. And Whoa. it's not called that anymore. It's called Calico River Run or something, <laughs> Calico River Rapids, and now Bigfoot's on it. So Bigfoot was not on it before when it was called Bigfoot. Have you seen the Bigfoot? Surprise. I have seen the Bigfoot, What's yes. it look like? Is it cool? It is cool. Uh, the art, when they were like, this is what's going to be, like Bigfoot was like... 20 feet in the air and he's you know he's about five nine i feel like oh, no. now he's, he's a cool. short he's a, he's a juvenile yeah. bigfoot yeah he's cool i mean he's when you go under the like i guess it's a waterfall in this little cave he's kind of like yeah doing like one of these but it'd, it'd be like if on the jurassic world ride now it's jurassic world yeah, if yeah. they put a, a a the baby t-rex on it instead of the the full-grown t-rex yes it just doesn't seem right if you're yeah. gonna go for a bigfoot i mean go big I agree with you. I think the problem is Knott's doesn't have the biggest budget in the world. No. What's an extra few feet <laughs> To cost? be fair, the, the Yeti on the Matterhorn is not that tall. Right. It's got to be right. four feet tall. Yeah, it can, and it's leaning, so you can't quite tell the full height. That well, but is it? Is there, there the old Yeti? You could kind of tell. Well, the old Yeti is now in Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes, the Collector is the character from Guardians of the Galaxy who has owns the ride to, uh, in canon, and he's a big Disney Parks collector. Yeah, it oh, turns wow. out he's, he's a canon. Yeah, he loves collecting like species from the galaxy, and also he loves memorabilia from Disneyland. <laughs> so that's just the thing about him we didn't know. Uh, and he has Harold the Yeti, who is, yeah, not that tall. No, he's not, because he's up be. on top of a shelf in the pipe room. Yes, he's in the pipe room. <laughs> Which is my favorite thing. Uh, One of the things you guys have pointed out on the show is after the whole Guardians facelift, there's still steam pipes yeah. in the basement of the Collector's Citadel or whatever it is that yeah. appeared in Disney's California Adventure, according to the storyline. Yes, you have to go through his sub-basement to get to the elevators, you would think. I mean, another budget issue, I feel like, yeah. where they're like, just put some different lights on the pipes, and people will think they're like space pipes. <laughs> we won't know. Uh, and it's fine. But they just threw some old stuff in there. Uh, and yeah, we don't. We buy it. We, we go like, oh, these are his pipes. These are the collector's pipes. I was really excited this year when I discovered they, f- they dressed up the line to the Matterhorn. They kind of fixed the entrance to the Matterhorn, and then they put oh, a yeah. brand new Yeti footprint mm-hmm. at the front of the line. Oh, that's cool. Yes. So you can take a picture uh, with the Yeti casting. Yeah, he's great. Do you know the ride in Florida, the Expedition Everest ride? I know about it. know all about it. I know it's broken. I've yeah. never been on it. So it's got like a Yeti, and I forget exactly how tall it is, but it has got a Yeti robot that broke very early in the ride, like in the process, or excuse me, in the life of the ride. It was ride. like opening week. Yeah, it was already screwing up then, but it's like if you look at there's this Discovery's Channel special on Expedition Everest, which I is watched great, that. and the literal robot looks like it's 20 feet oh, wow. tall, and it's got these <clears throat> claws, and it looks so scary. So, like, I've been on the ride when it's not working, and it's just this giant thing that they throw a strobe light on, <laughs> which is, like, a bummer. But the problem is they built it into the ride, so they'd have to, like, dismantle the actual structure of the ride to get it out and fix it, unless they can figure something out. So it's stuck that way. But that 
original version of it is the coolest, scariest thing I've ever seen. That's the one you need. I think that Discovery Channel special was like one of the last like theme park hype specials I remember watching. Mm -hmm. I don't think I saw it when it first. I'm sure. Yeah, I did not see it when it first aired, but. That was like one when I was visiting my aunt and uncle and we were just hanging out on the couch on a Sunday mm-hmm. afternoon and he always had like Discovery Channel on. Right. And I was like, oh, I got to go here because there's a Yeti in it. Yes. And I didn't even know the Matterhorn had one until I moved out here to California. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, there's, Disney likes Yetis. They, they do. They do like Yetis. This so. is, I'm fascinated by this. Wow. Some, some, there's a tra- rich was that tradition. Walt? Was Walt in, secretly into cryptozoology? I'm, I'm sure he was. He was a mysterious guy. Why wouldn't you be? You would think that, I mean, he liked uh, he liked fun, first of all, which I think all this stuff is fun. Yes. So maybe, uh, yeah, maybe that came across. I wonder, though. I never, I, we haven't come across anything like he, Walt. He was certainly into the occult and the macabre. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. To, to a degree. To a degree. I just rewatched uh, Ichabod it was Crane uh, 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 the other night, and like, he's really having fun with that headless horseman trying mm-hmm. to take off his head. Yes. And there's a beautiful headless horseman statue right now in Disney's California Adventure. Yes. Outside the Carthay, at Carthay Circle. Mm-hmm. And this Oogie Boogie thing, is this new? Because I don't remember the Oogie Boogie party from before. Uh, yes, it's new this year. They've moved. They usually have some sort of a hard, they call it a hard ticket event where they make you pay an additional fee to get into a Disneyland Halloween party. And they've moved it this year to California Adventure and rebranded it as Oogie Boogie's Bash. Well, I was just there and it's beautiful. I haven't done it, and I probably won't do it. This I haven't year. been at the bash, but the lights were. Pretty. Oh, the lights! The lights the last few years at California Adventure, uh, amazing. I bet the, I, the purple you're yes, talking about. Yes, yes, I say their decorations rival Universal uh, Studios. Yeah, for horror, horror nights? nights. Yes, a hundred percent. Yes. Um, I was just there the other night. Drove down Saturday night by mm-hmm. myself to buy Star Wars collectibles with my uh, annual pass discount. Wow. Uh, can I? Is this how? Can I ask which ones? It's called it's called Bigfoot Collectors Club. So, yeah, so, so they sure. they came out with the brand new the Triple um, Force Friday, Triple Force Friday, right? And I found out that you could get a lot of those figures just down at Disneyland, like Poe oh, Dameron's yeah. X Wing uh-huh. Fighter was there, and I realized I could get that for twenty dollars off. Yeah, that's a good point. So I, I was like, you can't no. afford not to buy that toy. I, I know you're losing mm-hmm. money. So yeah, I got, I got a lot it. of the yeah. vintage collection, uh-huh. old school style vintage collection figures. Right, uh, but they, I would like to get some more of the Black Series ones, mm-hmm. but they're all sold out everywhere. So are there one? Is there one in particular? The Mandalorian, of course. Oh, right, because they released all those. Yeah, yeah. I but see. did you get? Did uh, now your co-host mm-hmm. uh, uh, Scott mm-hmm. is a big fan of uh, Rex, correct? Yes, I mean I am too. But yes, he's the he he's... got the Rex toys. I did. I got the Rex. Did toys you get the well. Rex toy yeah, too? Yeah. Did you get the Black Series one that come came with the the Droid three pack? I no, I don't have the Black Series Rex. I have the original. I forget the '90s Rex that they sold yes. in the in the parks. And, and you then, have the DJ Rex. I just have the full DJ Rex and then that one. Scott's got, I think, all of them. Okay. I think he has all of them. And, the and there's Funko a pop Rex. too. Yeah, there's yeah. a Funko pop. All right, 
Well, anyway, we should move on. Sure. But, um, <laughs> we can, let's just start Pen Pal. Mm-hmm. A Pen Pal program. Sure. Okay, great. <laughs> um, so, uh, oh, I just wanted to ask one more thing because mm-hmm. we are doing right now, it's October and we're in the middle mm-hmm. of our Halloween escapade sure. here on Bigfoot Collectors Club. Um, are you a Halloween guy? Because uh, I, hear, I hear you like haunts now. <laughs> Uh, yes, I like, I've always liked Halloween, but last year, uh, we were invited to go to Not Scary Farm by, uh, Doug Barnes of the Season Pass podcast. If you like, see, uh, theme park podcasts, that's another one. Uh, and I was sort of determined to get into the actual haunt thing. Cause you were, were you scared of haunted houses before this? Yes. Real or entertainment wise? Yeah, both. I we all three of us on the show were all, didn't do horror nights ever, and uh, I thought, well, the podcast is a good a good time for me to grow. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's sure. a good time yeah. for me to add a new thing to the things I like. Uh, so I really didn't. I'm really not even that into like scary movies, and I was like, well, I should change that too because it it has all the stuff I like mythology. A bunch of sequels that are probably bad. Like I like all of it. I like when stuff is bad. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, well, I should start watching these. So like, I was watching Hellraiser. I'd never oh, seen Hellraiser yeah. before. Have you watched the Phantasm films? No. Oh, on the dude, list. That's on the list. You have to watch those because they are the best combination of bad and fantastic. Yeah, that sounds. They're good. really good because mm-hmm. I got into horror movies late too, like mm-hmm. college, because I was too scared to watch them. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, oh, some of these are just genuinely amazing, mm-hmm. and then most of these are just like the best kitschy stuff you'll ever see because sure. it's like. They're just trying to. Most of these movies are just like thrown together. Yes, I've been in some of these movies. Sure, like you know what I mean. So I speak as someone who's like, but you get like great effects, mm-hmm. and then you then you get like bad acting. You know what I mean? It's like yes. stuff like that, and then sometimes you get like great acting and terrible effects. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like all of it. Uh, it doesn't really matter. I like. Yeah, I like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example of a non-horror movie that's like that. I mean, like, Star Trek, honestly, is kind of like that, where, like, there's some hokey shit that doesn't work, and I like it just as much as, like, the best episodes of any of it. Sure, sure. It's all good. It doesn't really matter. The movies or the TV show, or both? All of it, yeah, all of it. all of it. (laughs) So the the next generation movies... Which I've, some... I've seen like every other one. I was not a big star, a huge Star Wars fan, never a big Star Trek guy. Uh-huh. Um, but Bra- the, the, like the last Star Trek The Next Generation movie was, it starts out with Troy and Riker's wedding and like Data singing like, blue skies <laughs> shine. And they're like playing it for laughs, but it's also like doesn't work really. And then like Worf's drank too much and like this is like... I swear, and I, maybe this is not right, but there's like comedy music, comedy movie music, like do do do, like like oh no, what's going on? and they're like this is what this there, isn't playing at all. Data's so quirky. There's a moment in Return of the Jedi, which I rewatched recently, where Chewbacca does the Tarzan call as he's swinging on a vine, well, and I skiff? don't believe that. No, it's later. He's getting on the ATST on Endor. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. I do not believe that's a special edition thing. I think that was originally in there, and it was like, well, we should have seen the prequels coming. Like Star mm-hmm. Wars has <laughs> always been cheesy. It's always been cheesy. Yes, you know. Well, that yeah, that's a whole. I could talk about that for three hours okay. about how like it's also how you should have seen. Weezer being cheesy 
coming. Yes. Because if you listen to the lyrics on Pinkerton, when it's taken <laughs> out of the context of a very cool sounding album, there is some really embarrassing shit that he <laughs> says in there. So it's like you're right. Like sh- uh, good, he's like shaking booty, making sweet love all the night. That's embarrassing for like a young w- white guy to say. Yeah, and like we should have seen that coming with all the embarrassing shit that they've done. This is what happens when nerds are making entertainment. Yes, it's like I- half of it's cool, and then half of it's like socially maladjusted. Yeah. Yes. Fair. Yeah, yes. Accurate. Uh, and all Weezer actually falls into the category with what I just said, where it's like some is great and some is horrible. Yep. 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 Like most things in life. Okay. It's true. So uh, let's move on with the show. We have, of course, today some. Basic news. Um, so this article jumps out at me and boy, oh boy, oh boy, is it good. The headline was great. And then when I got into the article, I was like, fuck, this could be an entire high strangeness of itself. Yeah, it was a good this one. This is from CNN Travel. The UFO seekers flocking to a remote Thai hilltop in search of Buddhist aliens. Nakhon Sawan, sorry if I butcher this shit. A hilltop in central Thailand is attracting UFO seekers who believe extraterrestrials hover above a huge Buddha statue, send telepathic communiques, walk across nearby sugarcane fields, and use a crocodile-infested lake as a portal from their planets Pluto and Loku. Mm. Pluto and Loku paired like that sound like Ewok names. Yeah, for sure. Though it may sound like science fiction, a small group of individuals claims messages from aliens arriving in spaceships include plenty of traditional religious teachings, too, leading them to believe they are actually Buddhist. It's all happening three hours by road or rail north from Bangkok and Nakhon Sawan, which translates to City of Heaven. So uh, this group of people that are going there is led by this woman named Wasana Chen uh, Chuen Samnon, and she has a Facebook group called UFO Kaukola, which is named after the hill where her group goes to meditate to talk to these extraterrestrials. And now the local government is trying to ban these gatherings. They are saying uh, because the area is an endangered forest. Uh, but people were really starting to set up camp and put up tents, and it's became the sort of like tiny uh, pilgrimage there. And I think the government's just trying to shut all this stuff down. Uh, believers say it began in 1997 when retired Sergeant Major Sherd Shen Samnon, deep in Buddhist meditation at home, received mental messages from what he insisted were aliens. He told his family. They scoffed. And Wasana says, I asked my father to tell the aliens to show themselves. The next day, the aliens sent energy to spin my brother and brother-in-law. She says the two men were yanked up from the living room sofa and spun simultaneously like whirling dervishes out of the house and into the yard. Well, that'll do it. There's proof for you. So apparently Wasana, the daughter, said that while all of this is happening, she looks up out of a dining room window and she sees a silver UFO hovering over the house. 
So her dad starts to telepathically commute with these aliens over the next three years, dies in the year 2000, but not before he passes his abilities on to Wasana, the skeptical daughter who now leads this group. And most alien encounters are reported near the family's home on the outskirts of Nakan Sawan at Kaukala Hill amid sugarcane fields and Buang Barafet Lake, which villagers warn is crocodile infested. This is the lake that apparently is used as a portal for these aliens to come out of. Um, the aliens are described as slender, little silvery humanoids. Illustrations depict them standing upright on two legs with two arms and a bulbous bald head with a pointy face topped with a single antenna. Huge, glossy, almond-shaped black eyes gaze above a thin nose and a miniature mouth. Believers say silvery spaceships appear festooned with colorful lights or resemble the domed, circular, retro UFOs seen in low-budget 1950s movies. There are two types of aliens, Wasana says. One group is from the planet Pluto. The others are from a planet named Loku. Pluto aliens are made of energy, can appear in physical form, and are able to teach humans. Loku aliens have a physical body and knowledge of high technology. They work together. (laughs) Pluto aliens worry about something so devastating happening on Earth, such as war or the environment, that it might impact their planet. They also want to give some people the ability to communicate with them, so if humans destroy everything in a nuclear war, the aliens will be able to help survivors rebuild human civilization. The planet Loku is in the Milky Way galaxy, but they didn't tell us where. That's, Wild. Wow. Isn't this great? Yeah. yeah. Classic yes. contact E case. Also, I love that it's an old school kind of alien. Like, so we talk about on the show, mm-hmm. Mike, that some stories, you know, especially in recent history, have been the classic like X Files, gray aliens, right, right. But we've uncovered awesome stories from the fifties, sixties, seventies, and some in the eighties and nineties from other countries where the aliens that appear mm-hmm. are more like the old nineteen fifties sci fi, like kind of retro aliens, like they actually say in this article, right. So I was mostly excited that these weren't your standard alien grays Mm. so do you like you guys like it more when it's something not what we like and not what you assume an alien looks like when it's a little more creative essentially is what i'm saying (laughs) yeah when yeah absolutely i mean the the the, all the different uh stories that we hear i like the the stranger aspects of them you know right not tied to the usual stuff that uh so often we hear about but right the strange stuff because you know that's where all the good details are about what you're going to get down to you know, what this phenomena is trying to uh, manifest itself as. Mm -hmm. Strange. Yeah, I get excited when it is sort of like the cartoonier, the weirder, the stranger. Right. The the better for me. Because it is is more imaginative in a way. And it's, you know, we we talk about this term high strangeness. And this seems to fall into that category. Now, one could argue this is just your run-of-the-mill alien cult. It's pretty typical, yeah. I mean, as strange as it is, it has all the common markers of, like, end-of-world times, uh... You know, uh, ascended masters, communication with just a few mm-hmm. people, 
um, you know, and then spread it, spread the message through the group. Um, so it has kind of all those kind of common markers that you find in, like you said, a UFO cult or, or that contact experience from the the fifties and stuff like that. I like it when it gets weird. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. I'm trying to think, do you know who Grant Morrison is? Of course. Of, of course. course. He yes. has an alien abduction story. Yes, I, This is very similar to his where he ran up like these steps and go to Kathmandu, yeah, I believe in one breath, which the legend was, if you do that, you achieve Enlightenment. enlightenment. And then that night, do you do you want to tell the story? Do you remember it well? I'm enough, trying to Mike? remember. I I might not remember well. Wasn't it like some sort of like globs of gray silver Silvery stuff? Yeah, yeah. Because I like that. I agree with what you're saying. Because I like that. Because I go, well, that's not what you expect the aliens to look like. It's just globs of metallic. Yeah, he was in his hotel room later that night. He said he didn't really feel anything. No drugs. He claims he, that day. You took the words out of my yeah. mouth. And then these globular silvery orbs, Bryce, mm. came into the room and downloaded this information in Graham Morrison's head. That's wild. And then started to communicate with him, and they were like, where do you want to go? Yes. And he said, take me to Alpha Centauri. And they like <laughs> beamed him around, and he saw he was like floating around this planet that was like mm-hmm. had this massive civilization. You could see the lights from all the cities down there. And uh, that that comic inspired a lot of what happens in the Invisibles, Invisibles. which mm-hmm. we, I've told you you got. Yeah, you, yeah, you gave that to me. I That's did. An I incredible did. comic. Did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. If we keep going down this path. We're going to start talking about old Kim uh, Ken Mitch Rooney yeah. and our mighty mutantable. It'll friends. happen again. <laughs> um, so, uh, what do you think about this, Mike? Uh, the, um, you see, I'm I. My whole thing with all of this stuff is like it's fun, but I feel like sometimes I'm trying, I'm fighting with my own brain to try to like either pick it apart or just have fun with it. Cause I think even just hearing like, okay, it's a, it's a, like anytime there's an organization, I get skeptical a sure. little bit because mm-hmm. there seems to be things to gain from an organization. Like if you're a head of a cult, you would le- whether there's even money transferred, you get like fa- a little bit of fame, whether it's local fame or not. And you get, you know, adoration, whatever. Secretive knowledge. Yeah. So like that, that whole thing. sex. Don't forget me. I'm just saying. No, you're 100% right. Uh, So all of that stuff actually starts to make me a little more skeptical of a story like that. Mm. Well, this will back you up. So the article ends with um, a Buddhist scholar, uh, Viranut Rojananara, oh boy, Viranut Rojana Prapa, who has a PhD in philosophy and religion from St. John's University in Bangkok, tells CNN Travel, We don't need to know if it's real or not. If it's a fake story or it's reality, Buddha taught us that many uh, that maybe the one who says that he thinks he can directly speak with the alien or believes or he believes he hears them. Uh, But it's not useful. It doesn't matter if he hears the alien or not. It does not help us for experiencing nirvana. Mm -hmm. We do not say if it is right or wrong if the human can speak to the alien. But please listen carefully. Most of the situations are only illusion. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I could. That makes sense. I'm kind of down with who cares if it's real or not. It's probably not. It's like. Yeah. I, yeah, I like, I kind of almost like that, because I I feel like Grant, when Grant Morrison talks about any of his weird experiences, he's a little bit matter of fact about it, which I appreciate. 
because he's not like you need to believe me. He and he's Scottish, so he wouldn't sound like that. But he like he's very much like this is my experience. This is what I I tell you. This is where the facts of it, and here you go. So I almost kind of like that. It's not like he's saying, well, maybe it's not true. He's just sort of I don't know. It feels like less pressure, and that makes it yeah. feel like less pressure too. Yeah. Because also it's like we've all had like weird stuff, weird dreams, and like at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter exactly. Yeah, what it was half the time. I can't understand what real people are trying to tell me. Yeah, you're getting a feeling. You go out on more. a date and you're like, I don't know if this person likes me or not. Yes, you know what I mean. So if you're talking to throwing talking to aliens and getting something out of it, why not? Yeah, just don't hurt anybody. Don't hurt anybody. Don't manipulate anybody. Don't. Yeah, don't. Uh, maybe profit off of people looking for answers agreed that would be nice too but in general like if you're like i'm visited by aliens every night and it's fun and i'll tell you about it if you want yeah like, i got cool. some good stories <laughs> i'm just on. picturing you on a date with a buddhist alien trying to figure out if it likes you or not <laughs> just sitting across believe the table. me i would i'd be like <laughs> oh my god i i honestly thought this was the one i don't know i thought she would be out of all of them the one yeah but uh <laughs> all right we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we got to talk to Mike Carlson about his personal paranormal history. Oh, yeah. Um, so, Mike Carlson. Yes. Uh, we ask everybody here on the show, what is your personal paranormal history? Uh, it's not tremendously exciting. I have. Uh, I remember the, the first thing that ever happened to me that felt like supernatural was... Uh, two girls convinced me to drive down this thing called Cuba Road, which is around where I grew up. Now, where did you in, grow up? Uh, Schaumburg, Illinois. Okay, Schaumburg, Illinois. Suburbs of northwest suburbs of Chicago, and there's like an area that doesn't have any lights, and it's by, of course, an abandoned mental asylum, or maybe not even abandoned. Actually, I think it's just like it's kind of a scary part of town. So, like, I was maybe like 20, too old. We drove down the road, and it's like all these signs. Like, again, Don't. this was very brave for you at 20. You were still very scared of haunts. Very scared of haunts. This is. Yes, 14 years before <laughs> I broke that fear. Uh, so I'm driving down there, and we're driving, and there's just all these animals on the road because there's no lights anywhere, and there's signs that just keep saying, like, if you get stuck, here's the number to call, but turn around. Like, there's all these horror movie signs wow. saying, leave. Like, don't do this. <laughs> like, uh, what, are, what do they call those roads? Like, when you're driving, it's like uh, un, un, uh, not unpaved, but like... Un- unmaintained county uh, Yeah, road. there's something yeah. like, you're like, yeah. oh, if we go further, there's going to just be lots of nails here. I can't remember the term I know you're, I know you're talking about, but I don't know it either. Uncultivated? What is it called? I have no Bryce, idea. Bryce, help me. Yeah. You, know, you know about men's stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, uncultivated you know, roads? Dirt roads? You know dirt roads <laughs> let, me, let me look at my road glossary. I have yeah. no anyway, idea. anyway. Are you thinking of an unincorporated county? No, 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 no. Unincorporated is kind of what maybe I'm thinking of. Anyway, I I also don't know. I really need to look into this road more because there were houses there, and it just seemed like no house had a light on. So I don't know what How? was going on with this area. So this I sounds like a cult was living there. It's very possible, and it's not far from like a pretty like rich suburb too. So I'm not sh- really not sure what the deal is. It was. Rural? No, it's. I, I honestly, as I'm saying this, it sounds crazy to me because it's not far from. What's like the, the closest McDonald's? How far is the closest McDonald's? Five That'll minutes, let us five know. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair yeah. Okay. Not far at all. So we're driving, we're driving, and like you're just seeing like animals and you're seeing things scurry, everything's scurrying or whatever. And so like I am stressed out, and there's two girls just screaming in the car for no reason, like <laughs> just to kind of fun. Uh, and we pull down, and I'm like, all right, this is fine. We're just going to probably go around here. I'll turn around and leave. And I stop and. All of a sudden, the car won't work. The oh, car yeah. stops working. 
And that this is like the most I've ever fully believed anything is I went, oh, I believe all of it now. Well, what's the legend of <laughs> Cuba Road? It, that there, it, that it's a mental asylum. There's escapees. There's ghosts everywhere. Yeah, that, okay. like they'll fuck with your car. Like like they'll fuck with you. They'll fuck with your car. <laughs> and this is what kids have been telling me for years. This is what like when you get your car, like at sixteen, you know, kids were doing this immediately, and then they would come back with. Did some it just story. stop out of nowhere, or did you stop it and then try and turn it back on, and it wouldn't go? So it just stopped. And this is in my panic brain. It's just like not going, and it's like it's the engine's revving. Oh shit! It's just not moving. And I'm like, what the fuck? I, like, how is this? And I believe in uh, Dracula. I believe in the Wolfman. I believe all of it's real right. at this moment. And I turn the car off and on. And I'm like, this is, we're going to die. We're dead. Ghosts are real. We're going to get killed. And then, of course, I look down. And one of the girls had knocked the car into neutral. <laughs> and I was like, oh, fuck. okay, of course. And then I you put were like, it about in to drive. get the challenge of the ghost rider. Right. Yes, I was about to like commit a ritual suicide. <laughs> one of you have to go. But I, I mean, I, like, no joke. I truly was like, yep, it's all real. Everything is real that I've ever heard. Uh, and yeah, so that's the that's sort of the first thing I thought uh, in the and moment. Just that was, fast, it all went away after yep. it went back into drama. That's all it takes. <laughs> yes, none of it's real. <laughs> There's plenty of times where it's like you realize how quickly you could lose your mind. Right. It's like if you've ever had like horrible turbulence on a plane oh, for like 45 yeah. minutes straight, you go, "Oh, this is it." I could see where maybe if I had 20 more minutes of that, I think I would come out of this different. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had turbulence on our flight from Salt Lake City to L.A. Yeah, it's a little bumpy, and I was quietly panicking and looking back at these guys and everyone's just having a great time. Oh, yeah. I don't remember I that. I can't handle that shit. Yeah, if it ever gets too bad, it. I always look right into the eyes of the stewardess to see if there's any hint of panic. Yes. Yeah, that's the secret. <laughs> yes. when I That's similar to when I'm in a pro wrestling show and some guy dives out of the ring and I can't see exactly what happened. I look at the eyes of the fans right. and if they all are like, <laughs> I go, uh-oh. But if they're all like, yeah, I'm like, all right, he landed it fine. Whatever happened is good the the one time i was on a flight i swear there was horrible turbulence and i looked to my left and there was an older uh, uh, i just say an old woman and she made the sign of the cross to me and i was like oh that's it i guess we're We're done here Um, she's like wearing old-timey clothes mm -hmm. like this is it she's dressed like the granny on sylvester and tweety yeah, yes, that is, yeah, exactly. She was like a vision of a hundred years prior. I don't know why she on the plane, but this is the vision I was having. Does you know what as we said before, it doesn't matter. No, it does just, not. I that's saw that. That's, that's my experience. Yeah. That's the message we you honor were getting. That. Um so my only UFO so I do think this is a UFO story. I was sitting it was coincidentally right by Universal Studios. My friend lives uh, across, essentially across the street, if you know this area. like It's on the other side of Lancashire, and there's a big park field. And we were just standing. I was talking to my two friends. They were back to Universal Studios. I was looking toward Universal Studios. And this was pe- the cl- park was closed. This is about seven years ago. And all of a sudden, I'm looking and like looking up by like the Sheridan or one of the hotels there. And I see like above the hotel... A light just appears, like a brilliant light just appears hmm. and shoots into the sky. Whoa. Oh, fuck yeah. Straight up. Wow. That's not and normal. I was not drinking. There was, just like Grant, I was stone cold sober. <laughs> and I went, wah! And I made that noise. They turned around, of course, saw nothing. Hmm. And then too I was... Too soon. 
I mean, yeah, it's too fast. Too fast. Yeah, yeah. So like, they were just like, huh? And I was like, there was a light appeared and then shot out of the atmosphere. What is that? Well, right. what did your gut tell you it was? It's some sort of an alien thing. Yeah, well, totally. Follow ship. that. Follow. Let's follow that white rabbit. Where does that? So what? What? That reminds what, me of the Temple of the Mount UFO video, just like yours. Did you ever see that? I, I don't think I have. Right over the Temple of the Mount, this this uh, this light just appears sort of out of nowhere, and people are like doing the whoa, just like you were doing. I thought and then that it just, one was a confirmed. Hoax. I think and that's then it just uh, shoax up. Confirmed hoax? I don't, was it? I don't know. I don't I think, think so. so. I think it was some, C- mm, some really? CGI. Well, there goes oh. my credibility. Proven fake. Ah, Proven shoot. fake. Well, it's February, a good one. February, it is, it's an exciting video. But it does illustrate what you're talking about. Right, right. The idea came from somewhere. Right. Yeah, they stole it from another site. They stole they it from you. Stole it from or Mike's yeah. brain. <clears throat> yes. They, do you, so, because my instinct is like, uh, and I don't want to lead the witness here, but like, that I'm like, because you hear stories about people like the, the, in San Diego. There was mm-hmm. a we haven't done this on the show yet, but there was like a mass mass group abduction that happened in the Del Coronado Hotel uh-huh. at a UFO conference. At a UFO <laughs> conference, they all when, what year is this? Not too long ago, I think like 20 years ago in the, yeah, in the about late 20, 80s or something, right? Yeah, 90s, I yeah. think. Yeah, uh, huh. but maybe there was like that was like somebody abducting someone who was like on the seventeenth floor or something. Interesting. I don't know. I don't know. My but feeling... they all recalled the same experience. But they fa- all, you know, for mostly the same experience. Yes. It's like the we'll talk. I think we're talking about this in another section. Uh, Dan Aykroyd. There's a, we'll a talk New York. About, we can talk about all this. Sure. Now. There's a New York. Like he has. This, there's some like what you probably know this. Linda um, Bryce uh, Napolitan. Tano? Yeah, that's right. Uh, she was abducted, she was abducted out of a outside. high rise yeah. in New York City, uh-huh. uh, and w- multiple witnesses saw a craft carry her in a beam of light, along with three small alien human humanoid mm-hmm. creatures. Uh, over the Brooklyn Bridge, I believe it was. Yeah. Is this is this the same incident where he says he was called to the window, or is that a different mo- moment? Oh, this is Dan a different Ecker. one. Okay, so. This, this did not involve Dan Aykroyd. Right. Okay, because most is... of my UFO stuff does involve... <laughs> okay, good. We will talk <laughs> about that. But I, but I want to say real quick, because yeah. I do want to talk about the Dan Aykroyd sure, stuff, because sure. we're fascinated by it as well, is follow follow your, follow your follow that thought down the, the, the trail. You think it's some sort of alien thing. What would it be to you? I mean, my just uh, what my basic brain would put together... Is I feel like it was something that you know maybe cloaked, maybe all of us. It was basically like time to leave, right? And now it's gonna it like just there's probably expel expelling expending so much energy that that's when you're gonna at least see some hint of right. the energy. So it makes itself known, shoots away because it has to. You know, it's a tremendous force needed to shoot something out of the how atmosphere. high above the hotel was it? It's a good question. Was it? On, uh, it wasn't like on the roof. No, no. I'm no. picturing it on the roof. Okay, it so was it's... far above it when okay. the when I no, at least noticed the the flash. Okay. Do you think um, it was a physical object or like a psychic entity? Well, this is another. It's a good question you bring up because I also, with any of this fun stuff, I also think our brains are so dumb and basic that there's this so is the second much... time you said you've had a basic brain, and Mike, <laughs> you're smarter than. <laughs> Thank that. you. I it appreciate what you're saying. That I appreciate you saying that. I'm just saying humans in general. Like I think we're really only in. Uh, I'm sure somebody has a actual percentage of this we're only actually observing 
five percent of what was actually around us at any time. Like we I can think only Bryce understand has some stats on that. Yeah, it sounds right. I don't have stats, but yeah, you're right. Our brain basically serves as a filter to eliminate a good majority yes. of the information that we're taking in. Otherwise, we'd all be crazy. Right, because like, <laughs> we can't handle all that information at once. So right. we're like, there's. There's just probably entities all around us at any any one moment. So yes, it's po- it's very possible that like I'm seeing some crazy amount of energy, psychic or otherwise, leaving the Earth. Yeah, it's I crazy that you're the only one that saw that. Did anything strange happen after that? Or nothing. nothing. That was okay. it. Okay, just a singular event. Yeah. What happened when you told your friends about it? They're like, oh, that's crazy. Anyway, <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right, right, totally. They weren't like, let's get in the truck, let's go over there. And uh, I know that feeling yeah. too well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so, I, yeah, sorry. No, 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 no. I was just gonna say, and like that doesn't. I'm not crying UFO ever. So like, it's right. not like they're like this again. Right. You always see a UFO. <laughs> not true. I don't. Yeah. Growing up as a kid, were you like? Uh, did you read books on the subject? Were you like, like, was, was, for example, your only exposure to Bigfoot at Knott's Farm or <laughs> the uh, Matterhorn? You know, like, yeah, where were you getting your cryptozoological and paranormal and UFO lore? I mean, it's coming from, we were talking about Ninja Tur- it's coming from probably all the IP, if we have to be clinical Great. about it. It's probably coming from that, where it's like, I, I wasn't reading books just on Bigfoot or aliens, but I liked. Well, there's that. There's a turtle comic with Donatello and the classic gray aliens from the Archie yes, comics. Yes, mm. there was. That's very cool and haunting. And they found their way to you through popular culture. Yes. So yes, when it was like when I started watching like specials on it on whatever channel, it's like then I'm like, oh yeah, I like this stuff because it's just been put into the. It's been baked into everything that I like. Were you? Because you're a couple years, you're a few years, few years younger. You might be around Riley's age, but were you watching X Files? Were you too yeah. young? Okay, I haven't seen all of X Files, but I think I came in a little late. But yes, I was watching X Files. Uh, I did watch like Nickelodeon. Are you afraid of the dark? Which is some, that's some after of my that. time. Yeah, I watched that. Yeah, yeah. So like some of that X Files, I liked. You're like I, an R. You're of the R. L. Stein generation. You're of the yes. goosebumps. Yeah. yeah, but I and but it it's interesting with like I hit a we hit a wall within a year or two of it, and we knew that like this was like he was shitting these out in a weekend because <laughs> it was like he's using the same like and then something jumped out of the bushes and then right. like the next chapter it was like but it was only mary <laughs> right yes. her. and like it's like didn't this happen in the last book yeah. he's using like mad libs just to yeah <laughs> we didn't we didn't have goosebumps but bryce and i had choose your own adventure oh, oh yeah, yeah and yeah. i think one amazing. of the first ones is about the yeti you know so sure. it's just like there right away yes uh, I also the choose your own adventure Mario books, which I was obsessed with. Excuse Ooh, me. Oh, wow, there were books that I couldn't even. I should look on eBay now because I couldn't even get a hold of them. They were already out of print when I found them. But they were like choose your own adventure. Go to the certain page, like go down this warp pipe or go down or like bash this block or whatever. And I was obsessed with those. Oh, that feels like it's written for children whose parents wouldn't buy them a Nintendo, and they <laughs> oh, they yeah. could have like sort of Sad. experienced yeah. the multiple yeah. choices. You want to play of- Mario? Read this. Here's your Mario. Yeah. Here's your warp zone. Talk like that. Yeah. Because they do. That's how That's- we talk. They're from New York. So, of course, uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd, big part of pop culture. Oh, yes. I mean, th- it's funny when you go back and watch uh, Ghostbusters, of which he co-wrote, clearly 
he from the get-go like like the dumb choices that would come later in star wars we should have known where dan Aykroyd was ultimately headed with all this stuff because ghostbusters has a lot of esoteric knowledge and paranormal knowledge like baked into it yeah because his original i've never i don't know if it's even is it a commercially available his original script for ghostbusters is like 300 pages and insane and it features like different ghostbusting teams i think in like universes of this but please there was like parallel universes in it or something yeah Yes, it was like he th- threw everything he knew at it, and then like Ivan Reitman and Harold Ramis came in and were like, "Okay, there's just like dudes in a college, and there's a couple ghosts." It right. was like, <laughs> right. like they took all of this nonsense and like really pared it down and made it the thing that it I is. never knew that. It's wild. And he has like other. It was called Ghost Blasters, I think originally. Is it that was right. Yeah, yeah something it was like, like that. Something different than Ghostbusters. And it was like Belushi and Eddie Murphy. John Candy was supposed to be in it. Or yeah. Candy, yeah. And I was always confused because as a kid, there was also the '70s show Ghostbusters with a gorilla, the real ghost, and a guy named Jake. Yes, and then they turned that into a Tracy, yeah, the the gorilla, and then they turned that into an animated series, and then the Ghostbusters that we knew had to be called the real Ghostbusters. Yes, and I loved I loved both of those cartoons as a child. So did I, yeah, big time. Also, little trivia for you, Ghostbusters trivia. Did you know the animators screwed up uh, Ray and Venkman? And originally, the the character that was drawn to be Venkman, Peter Venkman, was the one that ended up being Ray. Really? Yeah. And if you look at it, you're like, Ray from the cartoon looks a little bit more like Bill Murray in the face. Yeah, that makes sense. He's got kind of a rounder face. Yeah. And then then the one that was supposed to be uh, Ray became Peter Venkman in the real Ghostbusters. It was like one of those, like, uh, you know, the legend of Donkey Kong was it was supposed uh-huh. to be called Monkey Kong, and then and then it was mistranslated from right, right. Japanese to English. And it was one of those things where, like, wh- whoever the animators were on, like, they they mixed that all up, and then it was like the wrong the wrong character design got attributed to the to the other character. But if you look wow. at it, you're like, oh, that makes sense because the real Ghostbusters also didn't look like the real Ghostbusters, which was confusing. Not at all. Yeah, that is interesting because I also think of Venkman in the cartoon as looking like the coolest of all. I know, me too. Of course, you think he's the coolest because he's Bill Murray. Yes. So that's interesting. But if Dan Aykroyd's behind it, maybe he'd want him to look like the coolest. Right. I'm trying to remember. Like if if you put the Lorenzo Lorenzo music did Venkman's voice, which which, blew my mind, which is who did Garfield, and and then then Bill Murray would go on to do Garfield. I know, which fucking blew my mind when that happened. Um, But I wonder if you put his voice in that other character, if I would be like, well, that guy's the coolest. Because it also, yes, Mm. because he was the cool, that guy's voice was the coolest. Mm -hmm. And also, if you look at... Ray from the real Ghostbusters that was originally intended to be Venkman, he kind of looks like a human version of Garfield. Oh, that's interesting. I got I'll look that up. Yeah. I mean, I know who to I'll look into it. I'll I'll think about it. When that's you, what I'm trying when to say. When you file Ponder the restraining that. order, uh-huh. just I will back off. Just so you it know. It would be funny if like that last thing was the bridge too far. Where everything else I'm like, let's keep talking about I'm turtles like, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, and you're like, like, here's the comparison between Ray and Garfield's face. And I was like, too much. Whoa. I'm out. So uh I gotta preface this preface this by saying, boy, we Dan Aykroyd, we'd love to have you come be on the podcast. He's gotta yeah, do the pod. But boy, oh boy. Boy, he's into UFOs and he, crystal head vodka. 
Crystal Head Vodka, which I believe is sort of the unofficial vodka of Horror Nights this year because it is everywhere in the park. Oh, awesome. Really? Yes. The drink I had had it in it. It was out. It was in City Walk. It was and everywhere. And they have a Ghostbusters uh, maze. Yes. That which, makes so much he sense. he was on the red carpet at the premiere oh. night when I was there. So, and he's got, you know, his vest on and he's doing, he's, he's so interesting because like very rarely do you see like a kooky occult guy who's also like a ruthless businessman. Mm. <laughs> and I don't know that he's ruthless. I just mean yeah. he's so savvy when it comes to like owning things. And like, I'm, I'm very interested in that, like separation from a creative guy who's a crazy businessman, which I guess you could say is like a Jimmy Buffett type, but then also like is hardcore into supernatural stuff. Oh yeah. Have you seen Dan Aykroyd unplugged on you? I am. I have it. I own it. It. I own the DVD of it. You haven't seen it? No, I have. Oh, okay. I own okay. it. Okay, I thought you owned it, but have oh, no, watched no, no. it. I have. Yes, Oof. of course. I watched it on Netflix like seven, eight years ago. When it, it's not available on Netflix anymore, but you can mm. get it all on YouTube. YouTube, YouTube. And it is. Have you talked about it on the show? We have not. Oh. We've never brought it up before. It's all on YouTube, and it is like ninety minutes long. It is Dan Aykroyd being interviewed by this gentleman who I have some information about because I looked him up today and I found some really great stuff. This is 2005. S- extreme close-ups of Dan Aykroyd. Oh, my God. And Dutch so- angles where you're like looking up his <laughs> yes. nose as he chain smokes and talks about the alien UFO conspiracy. Perfect. Yes, and do you know where he is? No. Because I've pieced it together. Okay. He's wearing his outfit. In, I assume, a trailer on the set of Christmas with the Cranks. Oh, my God. So he's got uh, he's got a red vest. That's amazing. And, like, because I, I looked it up. That's it's like, what are you re- watching? 100% true. He's wa- wearing that in the movie, and he's clearly just in his trailer, and he let David Sarita yes. into his trailer, who I think also may have reshot his parts of the interview later. Yes, just like the opening of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, when they, <laughs> it's the guy interviewing Cliff and and uh, Rick Dalton, and yes. it's clearly, the joke is that clearly they uh, reshot the guy's stuff later, the yes. guy who's reacting to all of his uh, their, their jokes and yes, stuff. Yes, uh, for sure. And David Sarita, so I'm saying like, Dan lets David Sarita come in and interview him in his trailer. Like he's gonna, he's got to come here and do an interview. That's oh what I'm man, saying. yes, he's please. into oh, all this stuff. A hundred percent. So wait, David Sarita is a Canadian musician? No, I looked into that. I was excited that that was him, but that's not him. But he is just sort of a. Uh, there were some people writing some bad stuff about him. <laughs> Um, but he right now is selling different spiritual technology on a website, which is what I got really excited about. Sounds He's legit. selling you ultimate quantum pendants, Ooh. Uh, su- quantum super pendants. <laughs> Bryce's uh, phone just yeah. came out. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> quantum ordering. super pendants. What? Lightstream gem acupuncture lasers. <laughs> Lightstream aura coils. DNA activation meditation. Quantum meditation you know, frequencies and here, my favorite of everything that's on the website, the staff of Moses. Oh <laughs> shit! What's Only one available. Do? How do I not have that? <laughs> Reality bending ancient technology decoded, and it says, "Imagine wielding the power of Moses in your hands." <laughs> you, Sold. everyone, you can rent it for a week, and then you have to return it yeah. after you've reshaped oh, reality. That's Please, amazing. Un- is there more a good deal. about the staff of Moses? Uh, 
Also, yeah. did Moses have a staff? Yeah, oh, part yeah of, the of course. Gandalf yeah. had a staff. He didn't pose. Po- yeah, Moses had a staff. With yeah, a it looked staff? like this. Yeah, yeah it did, you know the. Uh, is yeah, the staff Moses... wearing a cowboy hat or is that a pine cone? <laughs> it does look like a in Moses's hat. will, he left his staff to David Sarita. That's what he made <laughs> very clear. Is there Sick. a pine cone at the head of that staff? What is that design? Kind of. It is. It looks kind of like it. Because the pine cone is associated with the pineal gland, yeah, the third sacred eye. Knowledge, yeah, uh, oh, a little it does, bit. That's yeah. The, oh, that's an open kind of pine a lotus cone. Vibe. Yeah, it's a yeah. lotus. But there's a free web- webinar, and I honestly, I, I just was like, you know, let me look this up real quick before I... So I haven't watched... How much is the Staff of Moses? Well, this is what's unclear. It doesn't really have a, a price on it. The other well, things are... Well, of course are, not. It's priceless. Yeah. It's a soul contract. This is David. <laughs> I think you could get David on the show for sure. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, look at those dreamy eyes. So, yeah, he... It's just... There's, there's almost too much to unpack on here. Um, but I love him. I will say that. <laughs> I will yeah. pledge my undying love sure. to him. You got Dan Aykroyd, so, you know, I'm just saying. I think Dan wow. Aykroyd's a hard get. I mean, we'll try to get him on the show. We'd love to talk to him. Because also, I have to say that it is funny watching. I was watching the UFO Unplugged, uh, Dan Aykroyd on UFOs, Unplugged on UFOs today. And it, he really does walk you through the classic, just streamline. Roswell re- crash led to alien tech. led to secret government experiments Mm -hmm. led to and he's big on the whole the NASA tapes they bring up the Paul Hellyer the Canadian defense minister who's like I believe is the defense minister who former who is like all in on this idea that there are um, 23 races of aliens that have are frequently visiting the mm. earth mm-hmm. um, and he's obviously a very powerful person in the Canadian government to come out and say this stuff I think he's a producer on that Ariel school phenomenon DVD as well who is Paul uh, Hellier Ackroyd oh yeah because really? he mentions Mac mm-hmm. wow. in uh, this interview do you guys want to listen to a little audio from Dan Ackroyd right now I would always like to okay. do that I'm, is there another guy at his level who would just be like Oh yeah, let's let a weirdo come in and interview me for a while. Like, <laughs> what? It is kind of like a that documentary is kind of like a pre-podcast interview. Yeah, yeah, clearly he just spoke for ninety minutes, mm-hmm. and then they just edited in visual, even not even like maybe forty-five minutes, and then yeah. they just edited shit. Just in. like the yeah music, the, the yeah. creepy music cues. I've seen four. Right. That, you know, I've seen four. So two uh, in a high-altitude sighting and uh, one fairly close at the farm a couple of years ago. And then uh, and then one really, really weird one in Montreal uh, at the 23rd floor of the Queen Elizabeth Ho- uh, Hotel. I'm sitting there with some friends and I see this. It looked like an air mattress, but 100 feet long by 50 feet wide, tipped over with the bulbs on the bottom, and it was moving slowly, you know, and just it stopped, and then it turned, and it went out over the river, and we were going, what's that thing, you know? Uh, look, um, MUFON, uh, MUFON.com, uh, you want to get on there, there's sightings every week, there's pictures, photographs, people have, have cameras now. Uh, Lord Hill Norton, who was a, a British defense staff executive, said that we're being visited by 23 different species in 23 different kinds of ships. You know, I, I, I'm not alone in this. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is, you know, you, there's aviator, the Lawrence Rockefeller, uh, the great philanthropist. He, he, he would watch these things come down and park in front of his house up in Kaikwit here, up the Hudson River, and they would wink at him, and he, was, he finally had to say, what are these things? And so he did a study, the Rockefeller Report, and he went around basically uh, 
paid some investigators to go around to sheriffs and law enforcement and pilots and um, and uh, get their stories. And if you want to Google a good one, uh, Fortenberry Nash, uh, Miami Herald, 1947. Uh, they saw eight discs. They were flying a Capital uh, Airlines plane from Miami, and it made the Miami papers. Uh, you know, so there's look, there, there's there's thousands and thousands of people have seen. John Mack was a Harvard psychiatrist who was studying the concept of abductions when he when he died, and he wrote a, a book about it called Abduction. And there's a great movie about what he was working on at the end of his life. It's called The Aerial Phenomenon. And um, there were some school kids in, in Zambia, and they went out for recess. There were about 40 of them. And two orbs landed with creatures, and they came out and interacted with the children. And when they came back into class, they were animated, they were excited, they were disturbed. And the parents and the teachers were like, what, what, what happened out there? So now they've gone back 20 years later to, to in, re-interview these uh, these witnesses, and it's a really a compelling piece of evidence, quite quite striking. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's from the Build series, and I don't know who he mentioned, but the uh, but Paul Hellyer, who was the Foreign Minister of National Defense for Canada, he is the guy who is uh, maybe there too, but he is uh, oh oh he is the guy who believes that UFOs are real and they're visiting the Earth. Right, he's, like written books about it. Um, but that that the aerial school phenomenon right there. Yeah, that's such a great case. Not only because you know they go back and they talk to these kids, like he said, thirty years later, but they all remember the exact same thing. Their story doesn't change, which means they're not making this stuff up. You know. Right. But what's interesting about that case is you know each person, each witness, they sort of describe different things. They they remember the for instance some people saw two aliens some people saw one some people saw them come close to them some people saw them like hovering around the ship so they all sort of experienced this phenomena through their own filter which tells me that uh you know this wasn't just exactly what you know everybody thinks it was like two aliens that came out of two ships and that's it you know it would all it was all experienced through each individual's own filter and they all experienced it in a different way kind of like um, your uh, mm-hmm. encounter the universal Sheridan yeah mm-hmm. exactly Mike. um yeah. before we move on to the next segment <clears throat> excuse me let's find out how much uh David Sarit is charging I, for some of this I stuff. forgot to a uh, add this so and it's all on sale, I will add, real quick That's before good. we start. So, like, for instance, the all-purpose ultimate pendant 18-karat gold, uh, this is what this it's is. beautiful. Uh, it is $3,975. That's not bad. That's a good deal. <laughs> That's not bad. It's all-purpose, man. Does on, it all. On sale from $4,995. That's okay. a good deal. Okay. Savings. Um, and there's 15 reviews. Four and a half stars out of five. Let's hear a couple. <laughs> wow. uh, let me hold on. Let me get to the... Uh, very well made. This is four stars. Oh. Very well made pendant. I will start wearing this pendant every day to feel the sense of balance and raise wisdom. I, I love this. I will start wearing mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Not, not today. I have She's it. waiting for it to arrive in the mail. <laughs> right. uh, two stars. As excited as I was to receive this pendant, it was a big letdown. I wore a source Shungite pendant with the sound of the sun and the first day i had it on i felt like i was in a fog or distant form everything around me Mm. Uh, understanding that i may need to acclimate to the sun frequency i tried to wear it off and on for a week but i still felt off and not in a good way i tried returning it but unfortunately i was told by a very nice woman on the other end of the service line that they did not accept a return wow be forewarned i have one of those patrick flanagan pendants they're much cheaper and uh, and they're just as cool. 
Yeah. What's a Patrick Flanagan? Patrick Flanagan was this like crazy quantum scientist when he was like 13 he was he was actually recruited by the cia a lot of people thought he was the reincarnation of nikola tesla but anyway he had these cool pendants uh that he that he made with the meta yantra like copper wiring forming this like tetrahedral grid it's super cool and they're only like 30 bucks but yet they channel all that energy i i do i i bargain pendant right? i am a bargain pendant. That's a smart pendant shopper. i am <laughs> uh, I am goofing on it, obviously, a little bit, but I do want to say that, uh, as we were saying before, it doesn't matter what it is if it's giving you something, because like, I have a room full of toys, and if I'm really analyzing what those are, it's the exact same thing right. as that. No, to- yeah. uh, listen, I goof on it. Yeah, you, you just na- put the nail on the head. It's the energy that it's, it's all comes down to belief and intention at the end of the day. Don't right? think yes. that I haven't thought about mm-hmm. buying Jabba the Hutt's His barge. sail barge because I've <laughs> seen the over picture twelve hundred dollars. Yeah. A friend of mine has it, and I and haven't seen it, it around my neck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you acclimate to your son frequently. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that review just told me honestly, just taught me that I don't know enough. I, I have more work to do. Yes, <laughs> I have more work to do to yes. understand half those references. Yeah. Uh, okay. I have to pay for those. <laughs> uh, did you find out how much the Staff of Moses was? That's what well, I really... Well, this is unclear because the Staff of Moses is like, you have to look look up a... Se- there's a seminar about it. So I'm not sure if he's actually selling the staff oh. or he's like selling the secrets of the staff. What was interesting about Moses' staff, if I recall, is it was made out of acacia wood. Acacia wood was this sacred wood... Uh, that supposedly back this is in stuff you got in your Lutheran school. This is back in biblical time. No, they didn't mm. teach me that Lutheran school. Uh, <laughs> Lutherans, fucking Lutherans. <laughs> uh, but no, and and apparently uh, acacia wood is heavy in the material of DMT. So, oh, oh yeah, interesting. Uh, cool. You know, back in biblical times, it's it's thought to be considered that perhaps you know Moses might have been you know on some of this uh, DMT from the acacia plant. Interesting. You There's know that tree right outside the studios? DMT tree? Did we talk about that? Is that right? Some Australian guy told me that when he was here. What? Yeah, he's we like, gotta yeah, like boil Australia. it down and then we gotta drink some tea. Well, oh, God. Like, the d- problem d- d- is... That like paralyze the enzymes in our stomach the problem so that is, we can receive it. That's right. You have to find an enzyme I inhibitor. Know my shit. And that's why, you know, in... in, in uh, Ayahuasca. Yeah, that's why they use ayahuasca, because it combines two separate vines. Uh, the vine of the ayahuasca plant has the enzyme inhibitor, allowing that DMT to be taken orally. And then you shit your brains out. And then you go yeah. Yeah. to another dimension. Wow. There's... But if you have the necklace, you don't need any of that. You're yeah. you yeah. just You're just good. You're good. <laughs> you're good. There's a webinar that you can sign up for, and the, there's one... Two, there's one tomorrow. There's one Wednesday. So Is those it, are supposedly. I have free. a feeling there's one any day. <laughs> I want to maybe sign up for it, but I just do don't want to give a phone number. I don't want to call. I'll, sign I'll do it with you. I'll, yeah, we'll sign up with you. Yeah. Okay. Or wait, we'll no, come I up guess, with a phone number. I guess I don't have to give. I think maybe I just have to give an email. All right. Maybe Let's I'll talk off mic. We'll figure it out. Listen, if he's been vetted by Aykroyd, I think we're golden. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. I mean, and that Aykroyd. was 2005. A lot can happen in 14 years. True. That's true. True. So we don't know. Um, someone else will tell us. Um, all right, uh, Mike, there's a game we like to play with our guests. Rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's called Bullshit. Or Believe It. 
I had the Dan Aykroyd video up. I was a little <laughs> the, the timing, the timing has never been right with that. that. We'll get awesome. it one day. We'll get I it. I thought that was perfect. I liked it. So I'm yeah. gonna go down a list of phenomena. Mm-hmm. If you're into it or open to it, you say believe it. If you're not open to it or think it's stupid, you say bullshit. Okay. All right. And this is our special Halloween month themed one. So mm. some of these are a little bit more kooky and fun. Okay. okay. I like the Halloween version. Mm-hmm. On your mark, get set, ghosts. Uh, believe it. UFOs. Believe it. Bigfoot. Sadly, bullshit. Angels. Bullshit. Vampires. Bullshit. Shadow people. Believe it. Loch Ness Monster. (laughs) Believe it. Alien Greys. Oh, oh, like a standard UFO. Yeah, um... I believe it is my instinct on that. Werewolves. Bullshit. Parallel universes. Believe it. Zombies. Bullshit. Shapeshifters. Believe it. Heaven. Bullshit. Hell. Bullshit. Yeti. Uh, Bullshit. The Mummy's Curse. Bullshit. Astrology. Bullshit. ESP. Uh, bullshit. Witches. Bullshit. Demons. Bullshit. Atlantis. Believe it. Mothman. Want to believe it, but bullshit. Reincarnation. In a sense, believe it. The devil. Bullshit. The apocalypse. Believe it. Halloween. Believe it. Okay, great. Wow, that was really good. I got a couple. Great. There were a couple I didn't. In a sense, reincarnation. What do you mean? Uh, I think like it's all energy, so it's like you're you're we're all re- just recycled. Yeah. Okay. So like mm-hmm. that's kind of not in distri- I don't think in like a sense of like and then I'm a frog maybe, but I do feel like it's all you just, might be maybe. I mean, I'm par- I could be part of a frog. Right, it's right. all just transferring energy. Right. I kind of think our consciousness is an illusion. Okay. What do you mean by that? That's interesting. Unpack that a little bit. I, I kind of think that. Everything that we're, I, I think like, you know, because there's a debate of like soul versus body. Mm-hmm. I sort of think the soul is really just sort of our brain has contextualized everything that we're going through. Okay. And that the feeling of like soul and maybe otherworldliness or being able to leave your body, like that's is all it, just sort a of a manifest, manifestation of your physical form. Okay. So I feel mm. like maybe we're not completely conscious. It's a little bit of, of an illusion. I know okay. that's also sort of a catch twenty two to even say. No, but totally. I like that thought. That's, cool. that's I, cool. I actually yeah. believe the opposite. That consciousness, in fact, creates matter, and and consciousness makes the brain. And you know, there's some incredible work on reincarnation done by a guy mm-hmm. named Dr. Ian Stevenson, who did who researched about a thousand different child recall cases mm. where these kids between the ages of two and six they have these incredible past life memories that can be verified um actually they in in a lot of these cases they'll go back and find the person that this that this child thought that he was and it's it's incredible when you when you read the literature you are really left somewhat baffled and befuddled at the idea that there must be something here to some degree though i i like i'm not discounting honestly any of it really even if i say bullshit um but it does make sense like if you tape if you tape over a vhs tape that has stuff on it right like, say like uh teenage a great Mutant analogy. Turtles christmas special yeah. right why but, would you ever do that 
Of course, you wouldn't. But it's right. like since we've all been, yeah. So like, if you tape over, like you get little like hiccups in the tape, and you get like little flashes of the past thing. So like that makes sense because like it's also like this is another maybe this is not another rabbit hole, but it's like when I realized that we're all like like what is it new every seven years oh yeah that. so really oh, yeah our, our, yeah, our, our cells like, regenerate yeah so it's like you're i remember thinking about star trek and i remember thinking because in the canon of star trek when they transport you're killed and a copy of you is made that right. is how they explain that's trans- hardcore it's hardcore but then i go well wait a minute this happens to us every seven years i have i'm dead like that guy is dead it's just like i've been filled in with new stuff yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly right and it's just copies it's all it is is it's copy and then they're deteriorating because now I'm I'm getting older I'm not I'm not yeah I've hit my peak at a certain point. Well, so. and that's such a great analogy and it, it makes me think of the analogy that like consciousness lies outside of our bodies. It's like it's the same thing with our iPhones, right? The internet doesn't exist mm-hmm. in the iPhone or within the components. Right. It exists in this unseen thing called the cloud. Mm-hmm. Yet there it is and we can access it and I, I believe the brain is serves the same function as as a receiver in a sort uh, and that things are just pulled down and uh, experienced through our, you know, my, our, our new regenerated bodies. My dad texted me with the brand new Apple emoji that he designed and asked me how he could buy a Bigfoot Collectors Club t-shirt from tpublic.com. He didn't understand how to use the website. <laughs> I was like, You've already got your phone updated. You've designed your own avatar, and you're texting me and saying you don't know how to work this at point and click website. <laughs> Fair enough. That's cute. It's just funny. Anyway, tpublic.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club mm-hmm. for all your merchandise needs. My mom sure. figured it out. She bought a sweet hoodie. Oh, oh yeah. Thanks, Thank Bradley. you, Miss uh, Bray. Uh, Wait, uh, what, you not a Miss Bray, right? Ms. What's her last name? Go with Ms. Ms. Bray. Yeah. yeah. Um, Amen. Well, I'm just Big looking support, at the list the show. here. You said, oh, uh, shapeshifters, you believe it. Yeah, that's that's that was a tricky one because the 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 most recent thing I've heard is that Billy Corgan says he's seen shapeshifters, mm. uh, which I don't know. I almost this one, yeah, this one I was really torn on because I do think like in the way that like you really did struggle through each one. I really enjoyed watching that. <laughs> yeah. you, I was trying you, to you really gave assess it. A really it. good. A good go at each one. You were you really went through your own psyche. Yeah, and I feel like this one I might be wrong. But, like, I don't know. I think sometimes depending on, yeah, like, it's usually drug-related, but you start to start seeing people in a different way. So I feel like shape, maybe not shape-shifting and, like, turning into a lizard, but, like, depending on what your state of mind is, you really start to see people and things in different ways. People can. So I don't know. This is people- the thing I was talking about before, the mythological realm where you see... Is that what you're talking about? Like maybe you'd see me yeah, as a goat yeah, man or something? A, li- a little bit like that, or like a flash of you from a, a different dimension, or like a go- like there's a, there's a spirit that's I don't know. That, they do that in light. Uh, in Promethea, the Alan Moore comic. Do you ever read? I've Promethea? never read that. Oh, you might like it. I probably uh, would. But there's a moment where they're entering, like the, uh, the she's about to depart and go on a journey through all the Sephiroths of the Kabbalah and all the different, like high, high, you know, higher realms. Mm-hmm. 
And like at the gateway before her departure, she starts to look around the park she's in and she see the lead character and she starts to see everyone shape shift into what their mythological representation is by their archetype in life. And yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool. You know, the shamanistic view of shape shifting and, and of medicine men wasn't so much that they would physically alter their bodies into these mm-hmm. animals or creatures, but they would using supreme ent- empathy they would gain insight into these characters or these, uh, you know, different animals, you know, psychic motifs, and they would empathize with the wolf and become the wolf. And, right. and so it wasn't really so much a matter of like, you know, turning in like a, like a, like a wolf man or like a werewolf, but it was, it was becoming the wolf from, you know, from their own the animus. Yes. The mm-hmm. animus from their own psychic perspective, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, also, I think maybe part of it also is my thinking was like, we all be we're all like a lot of different personalities in a lot of ways. They're like maybe little slight like variations on a theme, but it's like you're different with your parents, you're different with this person, you're different in public. My voice is higher with strangers generally. Mm. It's a little lower, but I I know like they're like here's your you drink, and I deep... go oh hello, I, thank you very yeah, much. I'm like correct. where is that? Who's that? <laughs> yeah, I mean the fact that you're speaking with a dulcet baritone right now makes us feel like we're already friends. Yeah, yeah. I mean right? I do feel I feel very comfortable. I, so like you're getting a deeper like a very like relaxed. I just sent you me. three more. Emails. I think I said this. <laughs> Check it when you get home. I always like the, the Japanese have a version a version that we wear uh, a philosophy that we wear three masks. One mask mm-hmm. we wear out in public. One mask we wear out, you know, around our friends and family. And one mask we wear alone in solitude. And there are mm-hmm. three distinct different personalities, you know, mm-hmm. and that we're, we all have that. And it's very true, you know. We all take on these different personas. One in front of society and one in front of our family, and then there's the you know person that we are when nobody's around. But then who's wearing the masks? Exactly right. My dog. Uh, my I'm never alone because I have dogs. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> you don't, don't want to be embarrassed in front of. Them, <laughs> but you, you're different with your dog than you you're are. Different out. with your dog than when you're not all. with your my dog. My terrier fusses if I'm using the bathroom and she's not in there. So sure. You know. Okay, we're gonna take another quick break. When we come back. It is time for this week's story of Halloween high strangeness. Yay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bryce is did that, did that not sell? excited to share no, this. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. Yay. Your yays have been hollow. I'm, my Yay. God. Yay. All right, Bryce. All right. What are you bringing in today? Oh, okay. Mike! Mike got a little startled that the a new instrument was literally is. Well, I am, from oh. here a fr- now I see that it's oh, like yeah. uh, I see the pad, but I thought it was words for with friends for a second. <laughs> I was just casually doing that on the side. <laughs> like, oh, maybe. Yeah, you're Riley gonna, you're is like kind of checked machine. out around episode fifty three. Yeah, yeah, hey, I, I get it. This thing runs itself now. Yeah. yeah, you know, boys, it's Halloween time, and we are in the thick of it. And if you're like me, it's a special time of year. You know, the veil gets thinner. People start embracing the culture of ghouls and goblins, witches and demons, ghosts and graveyards. Yeah, it's a good time to be hosting a paranormal podcast. And so with that, I bring you this week's story of high strangeness. Now, Mike, you might be asking yourself, Bryce, is there a common denominator in all this strange stuff you guys love to talk about? Why is he calling himself Bryce? He's you now. He, he, yeah, yeah. Follow um, along. Okay. Keep up. You Got know, <laughs> aliens, Bigfoots, ghosts, UFOs, fairies, psychic powers, and the whatnot. And I might look you straight into your eye and respond simply by saying, yes, there is. And that common denominator can be summed up in one word. Orbs. Yes. 
I'm talking about orbs. Or balls of light. Ranging in size and color, these strange and seemingly intelligently controlled harbingers of the unknown have haunted and plagued mankind for just about as long as one can remember. Good orbs, bad orbs, and all the in-between. Tonight we open the door to explore just what in the hell these tiny balls of light are and what you should do if you ever come across one. Long ago referred to as the Will-O-Wisp or Ignis Fatus, medieval Latin for fool's fire. A Will-O-Wisp is a strange sphere of light that adorns the atmosphere, often seen by travelers at night, especially over bogs, swamps, or marshes, and frequently spotted in graveyards where they are referred to as ghost lights. This strange phenomenon is known throughout much of European folklore by a variety of names, including Friar's Lantern, Hobby Lantern, and, of course, the Jack-O-Lantern, and was said to mislead travelers by resembling a flickering lamp or lantern. The term Will-O-The-Wisp comes from wisp, a bundle of sticks or paper, sometimes used as a torch, and the name Will thus meaning the will of the torch. Cool. Folk belief attributed the phenomenon to fairies or elemental spirits. Now, the term jack-o'-lantern, or jack-of-the-lantern, is the American equivalent to the will-o'-wisp, and were often called spook lights, ghost lights, or orbs. It was the Irish who brought the tradition of carving pumpkins into jack-o'-lanterns to America, but the original jack-o'-lantern was not a pumpkin. Pumpkins did not exist in Ireland. Ancient Celtic cultures in Ireland carved faces in the turnips and squashes as part of their autumnal celebration on All Hallows' Eve. And so they would place an ember in them, not only to ward off evil spirits, but to light the way home for the good ones. I'm carving turnips this year. Fucking carving turnips. Turnips. Go old school. Yeah. An old Irish folktale from the mid-18th century tells of Stingy Jack a lazy yet shrewd blacksmith who uses a cross to trap Satan. One story says that Jack tricked Satan into climbing an apple tree, and once he was up there, Jack quickly placed crosses around the trunk or carved a cross into the bark so that Satan couldn't get down. But these lighted lanterns aren't just to be found in fairy lore or around the time of the autumn equinox. If you look close enough, which I have, You can spot these modern manifestations in just about every kind of unexplained phenomena, like crop circles. Ever since their arrival in the wheat fields of England, orbs or light phenomena has been observed in the region of the crop circles. Numerous observers have seen and even recorded on camera what they describe as balls of light that move very rapidly just a few meters above the field. These are mysterious sources of light, whitish, independent of any material object, operated by an apparent intelligence, sometimes preceding the creation of a crop circle, begging the question of these crop circles, are these crop circles created by these luminous (laughs) balls of light? Yes. I'm impressed by how many times you said crop circles. Crop circles. (laughs) One sentence. Or perhaps, Mike, you consider yourself to be of the New Age variety, in which case you may recall hearing that orbs are in fact angels. White orbs appear more often than colored orbs, and that makes sense because according to the website LearnReligions.com, 
Guardian angels travel in white orbs, and guardian angels are present with people more than any other type of angel. If a guardian angel appears to you inside an orb, it may be to simply encourage you that you are loved and cared for, or it may be to inspire you to have faith when you're going through challenging circumstances. Well, that seems all well and sweet, Bryce. But how do I know I can trust these orbs? How do I know they're not dangerous? To which I say, you don't. You don't know. Skinwalker Ranch, northeastern Utah. A ranch so perplexed by a variety of phenomenon, it's been hailed as the paranormal Disneyland. But That'd of all, be a good episode of Podcasts to Ride. Yeah, really. There you, you should go. Do that. That's for you. But of all the strange occurrences, none were as malevolent as the orbs. Yes, the Shermans who own the property reported frequent sightings of colored orbs, specifically yellow, red, and blue. The strangest were the luminous blue orbs. Terry, the rancher and owner, said they gave off a crackling sound and provoked terror in nearby viewers. One night, Terry and his wife Gwen saw one of the blue balls approach a horse, spooking it mightily. The orb then came near the Shermans, seeming to inspect them. Later, they said that it looked as if there were two blue fluids inside the baseball-shaped sphere. That was the scaredest I've ever been in my life, said Terry. The Shermans said the ball came and went throughout the evening, and at one point, it hovered in the face of a cow as it started to leave. The Shermans coked their three dogs to chase it. The dogs chased the orb into a brushy area. The Shermans lost sight of the orb, and at that moment heard the loud, high-squilled pings of the dogs' pained cries. Terry was too scared to investigate in the dark, but the next morning, he found what was left of the dogs. Three greasy spots on the ground in the wooded area. The dogs were never seen again. That's fucked up, Bryce. Next, you're going to tell me orbs and Bigfoots go together. Yeah, to which I say, you're starting to get the gist of this. In the early 70s, a man, Ron Moorhead, and his friend Alan Barry made a secretive hunting camp in the High Sierra Mountains. A.K.A. where we go to make out. That's right. Lake Tahoe and Yosemite National Park. You see, Ron had heard from a family friend that the hunting grounds up there were haunted or even cursed as his friend reported encountering mysterious creatures that made horrific, intimidating sounds and left huge five-toed footprints around their camp. One of the men even fled the site in terror. So being the adventurer that he was, Ron set out to see for himself. Armed with a set of tape recorders and cameras, Ron and Alan wanted proof. Once their hunting blind was made and night befell the camp, it didn't take long for the mysterious beings to arrive from a nearby ridgetop. And though they evaded being seen by their own eyes or the camera traps, the creatures whistled, screamed, chattered, and vocalized towards the men several times. After the invaders faded into the night, Barry and his companions found large barefoot prints in the snow and pine. But most impressive were the vocalizations from which these supposed Bigfoots caught on tape cassette which would become known as the Sierra Sounds. Now what's often never reported on what's considered some of the most impressive evidence of Bigfoot are the strange balls of lights or orbs that were seen by Ron and his buddy in their camp, often as a precursor to the night's events, leaving one to wonder, 
What do orbs have to do with Bigfoot? And last but not least, and providing more questions than answers, is the true account of the Israeli-born psychic who had the ability to bend spoons with his mind. I'm talking about none other than Uri Geller. Doing a series of classified psychokinesis tests for the CIA, conducted by a group of nuclear scientists who all had top-secret Q clearances, Geller would amaze and astonish. In the first test, high-quality lasers were fired at a target. Could Geller interfere with the beam? The second test, the scientists placed magnetic computer cards in a lead container and sealed it. Could Geller affect what was inside? From a declassified document, we find a quote from one of the scientists. The magnetic pattern stored in the iron oxide layer of a magnetic port program card was erased. But what's more interesting is that each morning when the scientists came back to work, in keeping with the nuclear clearance security protocols, the scientists were required to report anything unusual that had happened overnight. That led to a huge problem. Several of the nuclear engineers reported seeing things they could not explain. These included items flying across the room, lights flashing, a six-inch ball of light rolling down the hallway. One scientist reported seeing a flying orb, and another scientist claimed to have seen a large raven perched on a piece of his furniture inside his home. In other words, classic poltergeist activity. So disturbing were these revelations that two of the nuclear scientists quit their jobs. The scientists had apparently perceived the incidents to be some kind of bad omen or message that they were not supposed to be working on nuclear weapons development anymore. They uh, have a uh, webinar. You can uh, webinar that you can yeah so three times a day yeah. uh, next. And three now days. they make pendants. <laughs> Could Geller's psychic abilities have been the cause? I don't know. And we've only just scratched the surface here, folks. So whether a ball of light descends from heaven to intervene in the lives of the common folk in biblical times, or whether an extraterrestrial uses a white plasma ball to stun its victim, orbs can be found just about everywhere. The question is, why? What are these things? Where do they come from? And why did they kill that poor man's dog? I don't know. I do know that the circle or sphere, is the most common archetypal image known to man. Carl Jung thought the image of a circle represented the self, signifying the unification of consciousness with the unconsciousness of a person, and representing the psyche as a whole. So when we encounter an orb, like I did on Halloween night two years ago, what? it represents a place where anything can happen, and where the trickster reigns supreme. I'm doing crazy eyes. Orbs. Great job. Thanks, man. Tell tell Mike and the listeners who don't know mm. about your own encounter with the jack-o'-lantern on, on Halloween. Yeah, I could do better. I'll show you the video. Uh, it's on my phone. Two years ago, I was trick-or-treating with the fam. Mm -hmm. I have two kids and the wifey. And... Um, and up ahead, like I was in a neighborhood in Studio City, and I see this orange pulsating orb. It's not too high. I mean, it's only like, you know, I would say 20 to 50 feet above the house that I'm looking at. 
And I just fucking stop and I'm like, guys, what is that? And the kids look up and they're kind of like, oh shit. And my wife looks up and she goes, okay, let's go. <laughs> she was over it. <laughs> she was like, we got to like, nope, keep not indulging yeah, yeah. this price. Like, I, I asked her last night, uh, rehearsing, re- researching this story. I was like, do you remember that, that orb we saw on Halloween night? And she's like, I guess <laughs> that would be the Halloween that we launched the podcast. Yeah. It's the inaugural, oh, inaugural yeah. orb. Mm-hmm. And yeah. she was like, I guess. And I was like, uh, what'd you think of that? I mean, what did you think that was? And she's like, who cares? It's <laughs> just like, like I do. I have I'm a like, show I about do. It. I, I know. I'm trying to have a conversation. I know. With you, honey. <laughs> I'm like, aren't you curious as to what that was? Not in the least. Hmm. Um, but I will show you a, a video. I'm flipping through my videos right now, and I'll post this on the um, on the Instagram link. You can just hit play. But that's the orb I was talking about. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Just an orange. Hmm circular spherical orb with some sort of it looks like a plasma center or something now uh, you know it wasn't a lantern you know it wasn't like a a chinese lantern because i was staring at this thing for what seemed to be like three to five minutes the kids trick-or-treated without their father that night (laughs) no they were right next to me and i was just trying to make sense of what i was seeing Mm. you know and it's interesting like i guess like the six months before or a year before I would often see like these white, I guess you could call them orbs in the sky. And, uh, you know, I take my kids to the park and get bored and I would just like look up in the sky as I often do. And, and I would find these sort of like white balls. They just look like white balls and they're not satellites because they're not moving in one straight direction. They're not stars cause it's daytime. And what would hint me off that these things were strange is that they would sort of lob around the sky and stop and then they would move on again and stop and you would get this sort of feeling that there was this transmission that was taking place that they were what that they or that it was aware that you were aware of it mm. that strange relationship mm, between mm-hmm. object and uh you know observer uh, and observer yeah so yeah um orbs man you mike could, what the hell are orbs what are orbs well, I think right now I, I it would be tough to convince people of orbs because, like, I feel like everything now is just like, well, it's a drone. Right. You get that's what you get. If it's like, well, it's a, at night, it's a drone, and that's just what the light looks like. It looks circular or whatever. Absolutely. So it's hard to tell with these drones everywhere. Because look, I saw the Harry Potter show up at Universal, and they made a friggin' deer out of a bunch that of drones, was amazing. which is really cool. So it's tough. I like, yeah, I like the idea of the orbs, but stuff like that. I feel like I look up. I've looked up videos like that look similar to that, and then everyone's just like it's just drones, it's just drone. Mm. But I mean, I don't know what the what with you. I've never seen what you were describing. Drones with the white are going to become the yeah. deep fakes of the paranormal world. Yes, yeah. yes. So like, as drones, yeah, I guess as they get maybe more sophisticated, you could put a more sophisticated looking thing on it that looks there, cool there was there's a haunted hotel paint. in lawrence kansas where ku is called the eldridge hotel mm-hmm. and on the fifth floor i believe it's room 506 they claim there's a portal to another dimension in there oh. there's a famous photograph in the lobby of the hotel where they have like it's christmas time and someone was taking a picture of the lobby and the elevator doors were open um, and you can see people clearly in the picture, but there is a shadowy figure standing in the elevator that's not a blur. Mm-hmm. It's like something that you look at that immediately and you're like, oh my gosh. 
But uh, we went up to the fifth floor. This is my sister and, and Dave Keith, friend mm-hmm. of the show. And my cousins, I think, were there. And we just were, like, ghost hunting a little bit and looking around. And I took photos on my old digital camera. And I got, in a couple pictures, a bright blue orb that had... It wasn't, like, a moat of dust because it had... It moved through three or four pictures and had a trail of light behind it. You could see the tracer of this thing moving through. That's the only real... Like, hands down, okay, that to me was an orb and not a, like a particle of dust or something mm. that that I've seen. I'd have to dig those photos up. I don't even know yeah, where they are. But. I mean, there's some crazy videos online, and I have a friend who's experienced, like, you know, he has a family too, but um, these orbs just, like, going in and throughout his house, you know, like... Really? Oh, yeah, just, like, floating around and then and then going through the walls. He's a guy who has experienced all kinds of strange shit. Um, you know, and, and and just you know, I'm aware of drones, and 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 this thing. Are you? I am aware of drones, and I can tell you personally that that this was not a drone. Like I said, yeah. it was only 20 feet above a house. It doesn't that I was right look next like to. a drone. No, and I didn't hear the sounds of those blades right. or or anything like that. And um, you know, the, one of the crazy stories is that Skinwalker Ranch thing. I mean, those those you know, as he tells it, those orbs that it just you know turned his dogs into viscous. I also don't like that he waited till the morning to find out what happened to his dogs. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean he was so terrified, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, he was traumatized from all the incidences that happened on that ranch. Fair enough, but but uh, I'd be on those woods. Yeah, you know, we hear it from alien invade, like not not, uh, but even you know, as you'll hear, like in in biblical stories, a white ball of light yep. descends mm-hmm. from the sky, and, right? You know, so it's like the it's the most like quintessentially classic paranormal phenomenon that's exactly right that's exactly right i like spook light yeah light's a cool name for it yeah mike any final thoughts i mean i don't not really just i want to do that webinar and i feel like (laughs) i have a lot i do i do think like i need to deep dive more in this topic i feel like i've been only in the shallow end on it well Mm. come to the deep end my friend you are welcome back mm -hmm. here anytime i won't Mm -hmm. be back uh, after deep diving, great, we love yeah. it. This has been such a delight, totally. Guys. Oh yeah, like amazing. Thank you uh, for coming on the show, Mike Carlson. Uh, definitely check out podcast The Ride. Yep. Um, where else can people discover your or? Oh, I don't know. Twitter, I guess. Fat Carlson, P H A T C A R L S O N. I think. I mean, that's on all the social media stuff. Uh, I think that's really all I have okay. to plug at the moment. You're doing some live shows for podcasts, right? Oh yeah, that's right, true. This is this is coming a, out soon? This is coming out soon. This is middle of October. Uh, the 19th in Chicago, uh, which is where I'm from, and, and I can't remember the name of the theater, but it's the Chicago Podcast Festival. There's uh, the show Action Boys, which are it's John Gabris and oh, cool. a couple other guys. Uh, they do High and Mighty as well. Mm-hmm. And then I think, I forget. There's Aren't like, you going to Orlando to do And something? then five days later, we're going to do a live show in Orlando. When are you oh, in awesome. Orlando? The 20, well, we're going to be in Orlando. Oh, I don't know if I have to tell everyone oh, okay. travel Fair dates, enough. but we're going to be, the show is the 24th okay. of October. We'll talk so off, off mic. We'll be around. We'll talk off mic. Sure, yeah. Okay. So that'll be fun. The great. Definitely check those out. Uh, follow Mike on all social media. As for me, I'm McMills on all things. Um, please watch this season of Robot Chicken on Adult Swim. I wrote some episodes, did some voices. Uh, I also did the Dumb People Town podcast that dropped last week, so check that out. And Bryce and I are on the newest episode of Lizard People, which has just dropped or will very soon. Um, Bryce and Riley, any plugs you guys have? 
Other yeah. than that, nope. Spinder tried to go on tour and we broke our van down. And oh, poor all the shows. Oh. Um, well, that's too bad. Hey, guys, we'll try again. We'll listen, be back. Listen, we've been we've been asking for these. Don't forget to send in your Halloween stories to BigfootCollectorsClub at gmail.com. Mark them Halloween stories. And if you can leave a voice memo, keep it under five minutes, send, record a voice memo, send it to us. That would be great to actually hear your voice. If you don't feel like doing that, email us. But we want to hear scary stories, Halloween memories, whatever you got, so we can put it on a special L-Files episode at the end of this month. Uh, Mike, thanks again. Hey, do you want to stick around and uh, join us on the other side? Yes. Okay, Sweet. great. Um, I want to thank you, our listeners. Until next week, this is Michael McMillan for Bryce Johnson and Riley Bray. Good night. And go get regressed. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray. Our theme song is Come Alone by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps get the podcast to more listeners. To support the show, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash Bigfoot Collectors Club and unlock multiple reward episodes every month. Hey guys, Heather Ashley here, host of the Big Mad True Crime Podcast. If you're looking for a true crime podcast with all of the details and none of the small talk, you have found your people. Each week, we dive deep into a new case and learn everything there is to know, from getting to know the victim and the impact their cases had on those around them, to the investigation into what happened to them and who is or might be responsible. And if the bad guy looks like he might drink whiskey by a dumpster or has the social skills of an ogre, we say it because we were all thinking it anyway. As the name suggests, we get big mad over true crime, and I would love to have you join our incredible community of listeners with big hearts and zero time for small talk. Subscribe to Big Mad True Crime anywhere you listen to podcasts and listen to new episodes every single Monday. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts.